What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew. In this episode, we have a lot to get to, including the Buffalo Bills and their free agent frenzy. I'm also going to talk a little bit about the Buffalo Sabres and the hit on Jack Eichel. I'll also be discussing just a little bit about the UB Bulls and their potential first round matchups. Stick around. This one's going to be fun. Before we jump into this episode, I want to go ahead and remind everybody that if you like what you're hearing, tell your friends, tell your family, share it, spread the word. I enjoy doing these podcasts and the more people that I can get to listen to them, the better. Let everyone know that you can follow me on Twitter at Sports Talk Buffalo 716. And you can also hear me podcasting on any of the major podcast websites, including Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Anchor. If you're ready, let's jump into it. Some of your top news for the week, starting with Antonio Brown finally getting his wish to be traded. He is traded away from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Oakland Raiders in exchange for a third round pick and fifth round pick. Another big time receiver that is getting moved is Odell Beckham Jr. Now the Giants said that they were not actively shopping Odell Beckham, but it turns out that they were and Cleveland Browns landed a big fish here. The Browns acquire Beckham services in exchange for a first round pick, a third round pick, and safety Jabril Peppers. Another big name that is leaving the Pittsburgh Steelers is Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell signs a four-year contract worth $61 million with 25 of that being fully guaranteed. There was also some speculation as to where free agent quarterback Nick Foles would wind up. He winds up with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He signs a four-year $88 million contract with 50.125 fully guaranteed to him. Another big headline is with the NCAA tournament right around the corner, Louisiana State University suspends its basketball head coach, Will Wade, after a report that Wade made damning remarks to a recruiting middleman on a phone call that had been wiretapped as part of a federal corruption investigation. Now, LSU is slotted in as a three-seed, and they will have to go on the tournament without their head coach. Speaking of basketball, the UB Bulls offered their head coach, Nate Oates, who was going to be a hot commodity in the offseason, a contract extension, and they agreed Uh, on a contract extension through 2024 that pays Oates a base salary of $837,000, making him the highest paid coach in the Mid-American Conference. Now, he also has more incentives laden in that contract that could potentially get him well up over a million dollars. That's going to do it for our top stories of this week. Stick around in the next segment. We're going to talk about free agency, and how the Buffalo Bills have seemed to drastically improve their offense. Let's jump right into it here in this segment and start talking about the Buffalo Bills and their free agent frenzy. Now, the Bills went out and they signed multiple free agents on the offensive side 
being far more active than you or I probably thought they would be this offseason. We're going to start off by talking about some of the wide receivers that the Buffalo Bills signed in the offseason. One was Pro Bowl return specialist Andre Roberts. He signed a two-year contract worth $5.1 million, with $3 million of that being fully guaranteed. Some of the more prominent wide receivers that the Buffalo Bills signed, one being a slot receiver, Cole Beasley. He signed a four-year, $29 million contract, or $14.4 million fully guaranteed. Now, last year, Cole Beasley had 65 catches for 672 yards and three touchdowns. Another wide receiver that the Buffalo Bills went out and signed is John Brown. He was a free agent wide receiver from the Baltimore Ravens. The Bills signed him to a three-year, $27 million contract, $11.7 million fully guaranteed. Now, last year, Brown had 42 catches on 97 targets, which equated to 715 yards and five touchdowns. Brown did also average 17 yards per catch last year. Now, there was some speculation as to what the Buffalo Bills would possibly do going into the NFL draft, but I think they have answered some of the questions as to what they're really going to focus on this offseason with most of these signings in free agency. The Buffalo Bills landed center Mitch Morse, who was one of the more sought-after offensive linemen going into free agency this offseason. The Buffalo Bills landed him with a four-year, $44.5 million contract. He also had 26.5 of that fully guaranteed. That makes him the highest paid center in the league right now. It was being reported that the Jets were also very interested in Mitch Morse, but were reportedly only willing to go up to around the $10 million mark. So the Buffalo Bills beat them out in that. Another free agent acquisition that the Bills have signed, Ty Niseki. Niseki? I don't know how to say his last name. He turns 34 years old. He's a left tackle. He signed for two years, $14.5 million, 17.7 of that, fully guaranteed. This guy spent multiple seasons in the Arena Football League and CFL before he was finally given his chance. And last year, he proved that he could absolutely handle being a starting left tackle in this league as he allowed no sacks on over 194 snaps. Another one of the free agents that the Bills have signed, John Feliciano. They signed him to a two-year, $8.3 million contract. $2.4 million of that is guaranteed. Another free agent signee for the Buffalo Bills for their offensive line was Spencer Long. Now Long comes to us via the Jets after he was released for some recent struggles after just one season. Bills also signed offensive tackle Ladrian Waddle. He's entering his seventh season after spending the last three and a half years with the Patriots. The Bills could potentially field a completely brand new offensive line, having signed five offensive linemen. And if they don't start all five of these guys, they now have very solid depth on their offensive line. The Buffalo Bills also signed Tyler Croft, 
tight end away from Cincinnati. Croft spent most of his last year hurt, but his best season came two years ago where he caught 42 passes for 404 yards and seven touchdowns. Now, a move that has a lot of people shaking their heads here in Buffalo is the signing of running back Frank Gore. Gore is 35 years old, and last year he played with the Miami Dolphins. This scratches a lot of, makes a lot of people scratch their heads because now the Buffalo Bills have the oldest running backs in the NFL. They have the oldest running back duo in the NFL. And they have three of the top five oldest running backs in the NFL currently. But so on a positive side of the signing of Frank Gore is that Father Time seems to have not caught up with, uh, with Gore yet. As Gore last year had 722 yards rushing and 12 catches for 124 yards and a touchdown. And he averaged 4.6 yards per carry last year. So it's not all bad with the signing of Frank Gore. Now some other things I wanted to talk about after we talked about the free agent additions for the Buffalo Bills. I think that they have done a pretty solid job, especially on the offensive line. I still think that they could use another skill position uh, wide receiver. I would like them to even get another running back in the NFL draft coming up. Now I want to switch gears for a second and talk about the Antonio Brown non-trade to Buffalo. It was being reported via Ian Rappaport, which is normally a very credible person, that the Buffalo Bills were closing in and finalizing a deal for the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver. That prompted Brown to come out with a response saying, quote, fake news on Twitter. After he was traded to the Oakland Raiders, many reports came out saying that it was Antonio Brown himself saying that he would not report to Buffalo, and that is why the deal fell through. This prompted a lot of people to come out and start poking fun at the city of Buffalo and saying, why would any wide receiver want to go there? Why would any player want to go there? And that prompted this response from Brandon Bean. I'm trying to keep my words. That pissed me off, to be candid, because it was an ignorant comment or whatever. And I don't, you know, I'm not on social media, but... um, if you live in Buffalo or you know anything about Buffalo, I mean, don't speak about Buffalo if you don't know what this city and what this fan base is like. I mean, it it really pissed me off. Now, obviously, being a Buffalo fan, an avid Buffalo fan, for the last 20-plus years, I can say that I don't just like the Brandon Bean comments. I love the Brandon Bean comments. For far too long... The city of Buffalo has been crapped on as a Siberia of the NFL. Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are doing what they can to bring something special to Buffalo, and I think that they are potentially well on their way to getting there. Not only that, but Brandon Bean has now adhered himself to the fans of Buffalo who love hearing their GM stick up for their city. On that note, I would like to invite everyone to stick around for the next segment. I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the Buffalo Sabres and my thoughts and feelings on the Zadorov hit to Jack Eichel. Stick around. You're definitely not going to want to miss it.
Welcome back to segment number two of Sports Talk Buffalo. In this segment, I want to talk a little bit about the Buffalo Sabres. But I don't want to talk about how bad the Buffalo Sabres have been over their last 47 games, 14, 26, and 7. Or even how bad they've been over their last seven games, 1, 5, and 1. I want to talk about where this team lost me this season. And where the coach lost me this season. And that's when Jack Eichel comes in over the blue line, the play is called offsides, and Nikita Zadorov still buries Jack Eichel against the boards, takes his helmet off, and I seen Casey Nelson stand there and stare at him. I seen a modest response from the Buffalo Sabres. Marco Scandella tried to jump in. He grabbed Zadorov by the head, and the guys go to the ice. But in that situation... I want to see every single player on the ice drop the gloves and start throwing punches at somebody. Because nobody should be able to hit your captain like that, ever. Whether it's legal or illegal, you have to send a message. And that was the time to do it. And this message that the Buffalo Sabres sent to the rest of the NHL is that we will not protect Jack Eichel. You can do whatever you want to him, and we will back down. So for the rest of the season, be prepared for every single team to lay the body on Jack as much as humanly possible. What ended up happening later in the game is that Eichel felt like he needed to take matters into his own hands. And he comes across the middle and he tattoos a player from Colorado right in the head. And he ends up getting suspended for two games for it. Now after the game, Jack Eichel clearly frustrated had an interview, and Jack Eichel said this, quote, You just got to play physical. I mean, it's a physical game, right? That's it. That's all it is. Finish your checks. Other teams like to do it to us. I don't see why we don't do it back. Everyone can finish a check and make it hard on the other team. I don't know what else you can do to galvanize a team, but that was the moment right there. That was the moment that told the rest of the NHL, even though we are playing bad, we will stick together and that nothing will break us apart. That is the moment that could have saved Phil Housley's coaching job, at least for the moment. And that team completely fell apart. It reminded me of when Milan Lucic ran over Ryan Miller and the team stood there and watched. And then got completely lambasted by the national media for not doing anything to Milan Lucic until the next game when Paul Gostad had to fight him. If that did not get answered right then and there, then at least at some point in that game, somebody needed to step up and drop the gloves with Zadorov to let everyone know that you cannot touch our captain like that. I'm actually embarrassed that the Sabres did not do anything. I'm absolutely embarrassed and I'm disgusted. And that play right there made me almost want to stop watching for the rest of the season. Because at least the team that Miller was on when he got run over was talented. This Sabres team is not even talented, nor are they entertaining. The only people that I now watch for are Jack Eichel and Rasmus Dahlin. Pretty much everyone else on the team, aside from the first line, can can go. And obviously Rasmus Dahlin. 
we can get rid of pretty much everyone else and the Sabres would still be the same. That is my rant about the Buffalo Sabres. That is what I wanted to talk about about the Buffalo Sabres. So I'm going to move on to a little bit of a happier note. I'm going to go over a little bit about the UB Bulls. Now the UB Bulls finished the regular season with a 31-3 and record. C.J. Massenberg was named first team All-Mac, as well as Nick Perkins. Jeremy Harris was named second team All-Mac. The Bulls went on to win the MAC tournament title for the fourth time in five years, a feat which has never happened in the Mid-American Conference history. The Bulls, I felt, played very well through most of it. They had a scare there in game number two, and it was a very close game in game number three. But the Bulls were able to pull it out, and... They go into Selection Sunday sitting at, hopefully, what the Bulls hoped for was a a 5 or even a 4 seed. They thought that being tied for the best record in the country at least guaranteed them a 5 or 4 seed. But the committee didn't see it that way. The committee had Buffalo as a 6 seed, more or less based on their strength of schedule. Obviously, we know the Bulls are a mid-major team and the MAC conference isn't highly regarded as a super-skilled conference. But I think a 31-3 and record, including being completely undefeated at home, warrants a little bit more than a 6 seed. Now, I seen a stat on Twitter the other day that between a 6, 5, and 4 seed are almost identical in making it to the Final Four. So that eased my... Uh, my fears a little bit going into the tournament. But the UB Bulls may possibly have to face their old coach in Bobby Hurley and the Arizona State Sun Devils. Arizona State and St. John's are going to play against each other in a play-in game to determine who is the 11th seed. Now, Arizona State comes into this out of the Pac-12 with an overall record of 22-10. and 10. 12 and 16 in the conference with notable wins against Oregon and Kansas University. St. John's comes into this out of the Big East with a 21 and 12 record overall, 8 and 10 in the conference, but has notable wins against Villanova and two wins against a very talented Marquette team. Now it's going to be very interesting, a very interesting storyline if Arizona State wins. As uh, Nate Oates has already stated, that he would love to see Bobby Hurley win because he is the guy that gave him his shot at Division I basketball, and he wouldn't necessarily be where he is if Bobby Hurley hadn't given him his shot, but that he also does not want to play him in the first round, as Bobby Hurley is a very good coach, and he is kind of what started the ball rolling in Buffalo to begin with. Either way, I think the first round is going to be a very, very big round. It's going to be very important for the Bulls, and it's going to show the nation whether or not the Bulls are for real. If UB can beat either of these two teams in the first round, it will be a very big win for the program, and it will propel them into the round of 32 for just the second time in school history and the second time in two years. 
Now, there's some analysts that have UB going all the way to the Final Four and possibly facing Duke in the Final Four. I myself had Buffalo going to the Sweet 16, but no further. I think Buffalo has a very talented team, but I just don't know if they have enough raw talent to be able to propel them that far into the tournament. We do have one guy on the team that is going to be a potential NBA player in C.J. Massenburg, but the rest, although they will be playing pro, I'm not sure they will be playing in the NBA, and I'm not sure that we have enough size, speed, and skill to match up with some of these other teams from the better conferences. On that note, I'm going to end this podcast. I would like to say thanks, everyone, for listening. It's been an absolute blast. I've had a great time ranting about Jack Eichel. I have honestly been waiting to do that for a very long time, and I have already been telling whoever wants to listen to it about my thoughts and feelings on it. So if you like what you're hearing, I just wanted to remind everybody to tell your friends and tell your family. I have a great time doing this, and the more listeners I can have, the better. You can follow me on Twitter at Sports Talk Buffalo 716. And you can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Anchor. On that note, I would like to wish everyone a very good week. Have a good one.